Yeah. <laughs> Try hard. Uh, we've got Bruce Cassidy coming up in just a little bit. I'll bring you up to date with my conversation with Shay Theodore in the dressing room after practice at MSG, which is just one of those rinks where you walk in and you go, this is cool. Been there a number of times, but it's still really cool. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Now they've got another shorthanded rush. Stone is in, stops, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Over to the right side, sixth attacker is on. Carlson to the left, Petrangelo shoots wide, rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson ties the game. 4-4 with a minute 35 to play. Power play goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Evening just after 8 o'clock on the East Coast in New York City where the Vegas Golden Knights will face the New York Rangers tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden before finishing up the pre-All-Star schedule in and against the uh, New York Islanders on Saturday night at UBS Arena. Back in Vegas, it's Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman. It's the VGK Insider Show, where the Golden Knights were on the ice after uh, picking up a point against the New Jersey Devils and with a new complement of lines today at Madison Square Garden. Ryan, you want to run those down before we hear from Mr. Butch Cassidy? Yeah, for sure. We've got Riley Smith alongside William Carlson and Jonathan Marshall. So the misfits stay the same. But then you've got Paul Cotter alongside Jack Eichel and Michael Amadio. Will Carrier with Chandler Stevenson and Phil Kessel. And I would assume it would look like, like your fourth line of Brett Howden, Nick Waugh, and Keegan Colasar. Uh, yes, and a couple of centers on that fourth line. Uh, down the middle, you've got uh, Chandler Stevenson returning to the centerized position where uh, we've seen him bounce back and forth, but it's an opportunity for him to get going uh, a little bit. Jack Eichel gets a uh, uh, winger in Paul Cotter uh, to try and jumpstart uh, that line. And with uh, with the likes of uh, Brett Howden, I think you'll see uh, and uh, just a uh, another step as he plays his second game back on the subject of guys returning Carrier, uh, if he plays tomorrow night and uh, we are hopeful uh, that he is uh, Bruce Cassidy. You'll hear from him in just a little bit that uh, we are expecting him in the lineup. Uh, that is great news. And Shea Theodore practiced today in a regular colored sweater at MSG. The only player in a non-contact uh, color was Zach Whitecloud, who I must admit, was flying out there is <laughs> way faster than I thought he would be at this stage or looking far more comfortable than I thought he would at this stage, which is outstanding for a Zach Whitecloud. So things have kind of turned back towards the positive on the injury front as the Golden Knights uh, have two games left prior to the NHL All-Star break. I had a chance to talk to Bruce Cassidy after today's practice. Look like Shea's getting a little closer. How how big is it to get him back? Yeah, I don't know if he'll play tomorrow. It'd be a kind of a game time now. We'll look in day to day. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we missed the transition on offense, um, power play acumen, you know, ozone blue line play, all to help us create some offense, right? So um, he's a well liked guy in the room too. I think he he he's a great fit for Naber. Nabbers had to play with a lot of young guys over the last uh, two months or so, so that 
you know, can impact your game as well when you're you're always trying to look after one of the young guys so he can settle back into and sort of knows that he's got a guy on his right side that he's very comfortable with and has been there for years. So I think it, it helps in, in different ways, not just him coming back, but it really should help, you know, Naber uh, as well. People see how dynamic he is with the puck through the neutral zone and in the offensive zone, but how big is it just how quick he gets the puck to the forwards to get it out of your own? Well, that's it. He can trap two, right, pretty easily, and sometimes three. And all of a sudden, now our rush game, which was very dangerous at the start of the year, and it's been okay at times, uh, certainly. Um, he just he adds that much more to it. What about uh, Will Carrier? Will's in for sure. Yeah, he's in. For sure. yeah, he's in. So another one of our glue guys back in. Um, you know, with him and Stone out, we, we missed those. You know, physical, kind of reliable, get to the interior ice type of guys. So it'd be nice to have him. He's had a good offensive year as well. Not only, you know, that part of it has been, a, a I guess, a bonus, but just missing his, his, his physicality and everything is they're a real good momentum line. With, with uh, I've moved him with Stevie tomorrow and Phil. Might be a different look and put Howie with Nick and uh, Colasar, but we can toggle those two left wingers. He's been with both. What's the rationale on the putting with Stevie? Uh, I think they enjoy playing with one another. So Stevie, uh, you know, he was on the wing for a long time here. We just think, you know, he's a better suited in the middle. He did great things with Jack and Stoney. Um, it balances our lines a little bit, but um, then we got to find the right wingers for him. Uh, he had Stone and Howie at the start of the year, and I thought they did a good job. So a couple of new guys now. Obviously with Marco, we got to find the best fit on the right side. Um, so see how that plays out. Uh, I don't have any other than he's not joining us in this trip. He's not here. Uh, hopefully on the other side of the break, we'll, we'll yeah. see him. That that's was I was told originally that that would be a good possibility, but I guess until we get back to Vegas, that's a tough one. Good sign that White Cloud's out there. Yeah, I mean, when you're skating, you're close, right? He's still in a non-contact jersey, so he's not in tomorrow. Um, probably not Saturday, but at least he's with the team and, and getting his reps, so... You know, that's two right D that we've missed for a long time. And remember, Petra was out for, you know, we, we played without our whole right side for almost a month. So it was great to see those young guys get an opportunity. But but now you're getting some guys, some veteran guys back, and I think it'll only make us better. Can that be impactful in the group, having three players skating? I think like so. That? I think so. Guys know that, that they're good players. They, they've been on, listen, this is a really good group in there. Um, and these guys have been around, right? Like, uh, Theo's been here forever. So... Uh, Whitey, so that you know, yes, I think so. And you get a guy like Will back, who's you know got personality, and uh, especially missing Mark, right? He's a captain, so having some other guys come in that have been here, I think it makes everyone feel better. You remove the score from Tuesday, and just look at the way your team played. Close to what you want. There was a lot more good than bad. I mean, we gave up the first goal. We put in our own net, uh, defended it pretty well. And Logan certainly made some key saves at key times. In the last goal, uh, we had a couple cracks at the empty net. If we had to manage the puck maybe a little differently, we might have finished it. But And they get one from the end boards, right, when really no one around. So it's a double whammy of, of uh, tough luck, especially for Logan. He played really well. As a young goalie, tried to talk to him yesterday about that. Don't beat yourself up. like it. You played really well. And then the overtime goal is... We do a good job trying to squash the entry, and Hughes wins a race, right? Just gets there a second ahead, and and that's you know a great NHL goal. I don't know too many goalies stopping that. So it should have never got to overtime. Um, there's two reasons, you know, for that. I think too was our, our power play let us down. Right? We could have separated in that game. Um, 
you know, sort of put a nail in the, you're never going to say nail in the coffin. There's too many comebacks in this league. But we could have gave ourselves a little more breathing room and then and then get it done in the neutral zone on the six on five. Right? Do a better job and uh, keep it out of our net. Is that kind of a balancing act for Logan in terms of wanting more out of himself, but also you, you don't want to get too down? He played great, like I said, and he has to recognize that, and we've told him that. But I don't mind if, you know, listen, guys got to own their games, and if that's the way he feels and, and that gets him going, then, you know, he, you know, certainly he can look at it however he wants. I'm just telling him, do not, you know, put that loss on you. It was, you know, he, he did his job. We, we ask our goalies to give us a chance to win and, you know, own your work ethic, right? And they're, they're both young guys, and they're not expected to carry the team, and nor should they be. Um, Get better as the year goes on, and you know, and and that that's it. That's that's enough on their plate for those guys. Which, what do you think All Star Weekend can do for Logan? I mean, it's it's like an introduction to the like the spotlight of. Well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see because uh, it is a cool event. You can't help but you know, I went to my first one a few years ago, and you're, you know, uh, the who's who's there, right? right. The players. So. Um, me, I had my kids to deflect it all. I'm just kind of sitting, wow, that's Connor McDavid right there. You know, like, go get his autograph. You know, get his, yeah. you know, whatever. So those things. But uh, I, listen, it can make him feel like he's part of the club now, mm -hmm. which can give you more confidence. Um, but I hope the way that's how he takes it, or I, or it could be, hey, I want to be with these greats. I got to make sure I get it done every day and be consistent to do that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different ways he can look at it. For me, I hope, and my only message would be, go have a good time. You've earned it. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time. And when you get back, it's like everybody get back to work and, and uh, prove to them why you, you were selected. There's Bruce Cassidy after today's return to practice for the Vegas Golden Knights at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I don't know that you guys saw the Golden Knights Twitter account put out a video of uh, Paul Cotter who put a camera on his stick for the practice today. And it's one of the great videos where nothing really happens hockey-wise, but it's fascinating to watch because Paul comes out uh, down the uh, the mat uh, onto the ice, but bef as he puts his stick on the bench, he knocks down all the sticks <laughs> on the bench. Which, which if if you played more than three games of our sport or practiced more than three times, you've done. You've knocked mm -hmm. down all the sticks uh, on the wall. But it's kind of cool to see a National Hockey League player do what we do all the time. And then he goes out there and he gets uh, Phil Kessel to give him a half a smile. It, it was fun. And uh, and that rink, uh, you guys, uh, and for people that uh, that know MSG and that roof and that ceiling and, uh, and a spaceship, how it's a big circle. It's not a, a rectangle. Uh, how it fits. There's just a vibe. There, It's clean. It's it's. Uh, legendary, and uh, I've, I've been there, I don't know how many times, Gretzky's first, uh, his his retirement was the, the first time that I was uh, actually at MSG, Eric Lindros being acquired, uh, I was there for, for that event, Stanley Cup Finals, uh, mentioned the Marc Messier uh, double dip, and never, never, ever gets old, and today I made sure I walked up the ramp instead of taking the elevator, and uh, it was just, uh, it was neat. Uh, to be able to to uh, slip aside and uh, and do uh, an experience at Madison Square Garden, and this is a team that uh, that uh, let Brett Howden lead the stretch today. His ties to to the New York Rangers. Brett Howden ripped it up last year on this road trip. This year mm -hmm. significant because he's back in the lineup, and uh, and I think it's going to be uh, really important not only coming back from injury 
but uh, but playing his former team uh, where he's comfortable, uh, he's he's got a lot of strong feelings uh, to this area. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if Brett Howden had uh, had a big night tomorrow night with uh, with this different look up front. Yeah, I, I think that there's certainly an opportunity for him. Um, obviously, alongside Nick Waugh, Keegan Colasar, um, there's not going to be a lack of identity with that line. And, you know, Brett Howden, I thought, was a ball of energy uh, against the New Jersey Devils. And I, I think that he does a lot of really good things getting to the front of the net. So um, there'll be opportunity for him. And we saw him before kind of go into Madison Square Garden and have a big game. Um, let's let's see it again. You heard uh, Gary Lawless ask, Bruce Cassidy, score aside what he thought of that game against the New Jersey Devils. He's had a couple of days to, to think about it. Uh, I thought the answer was right on par with what we talked about yesterday, that there was a lot of things to really be happy about uh, from the Golden Knights execution uh, side the other night. Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, you know, Bruce Cassidy said more good than bad. Um, I think the Golden Knights played a really strong 60-minute game. Um couple of bounces go against them. I still don't really change my mind on that. I, I think that they played well enough to win and probably deserve better. There were certainly some chances that they created, that they generated, that, you know, the bounces go against them. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think if the Golden Knights play that way more often than not, they're going to win a lot of hockey games. They also got a strong performance in goal, and I don't want to make it sound like they dominated the New Jersey Devils. Uh, that was a, a back and forth hockey game, a really entertaining hockey game, uh, in which uh, your goaltender was able to have uh, and protect the lead for a large majority until uh, the six on five. And uh, it was a six on five goal that tied it. It was a four on three goal that won up for the New Jersey Devils. But uh, uh, that might be one of the strongest aspects of it uh, was, and I know he, he, was very uh, upfront with his opinions on on the game after, and he, he needs to be better. But Logan Thompson uh, was uh, the the one of the last guys that you would put that result on the other night. He was fantastic. I appreciate what he said. Uh, I understand where he's coming from, but uh, but Logan Thompson uh, did not uh, necessarily uh, stand out from a uh, a fault of the, of that win disappearing for Vegas. No, he was exceptional. I thought Logan Thompson played a really strong game, um, deserved better. Uh, I don't think you put any of those goals on him, like at all. And, and he, it, to, to be honest, he made a number of really, really good saves, strong saves to keep the Golden Knights in it early and allow that team in, in Vegas to, to kind of take the lead. So um, I thought Logan played a heck of a game. I, I understand taking ownership. I understand his comments afterwards and i'm hopeful that maybe that lights a fire under the rest of his team to to not have him in that position where he plays so well and takes a hard luck loss of the three of us who's most likely to own it when they don't have to or deserve to own it oh it's me for sure really yeah it's not you come on it's not chapman well for sure it's not chapman 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 doesn't own it when it's his fault. Doesn't own it when it's not his fault. Uh, Chapman doesn't even know what's happened when it's gone sideways. <laughs> so it's, it's tough to, to own it on, on on that front. I thought it was me. I'm disappointed in that. I'm it's it's front. absolutely not you. You're gonna have to do a little self reflection uh, on that front. Uh, in in the uh, Butch Cassidy side of things, you heard from him there, and, and then uh, Butch and I actually came back to the hotel and connected uh, for the Chirp podcast, which is something entirely independent 
uh, from my job uh, with the, with the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a project that I work with the National Hockey League on, and uh, and we spent uh, more than a, a half hour uh, just chilling out, talking about uh, his transition uh, to Vegas, so what it's been like for the kids and the family, and his coaching history, and, and some of the stuff that uh, he's uh, he's done and experienced and and grown with. Uh, we, we we were having this conversation and we realized he'd never coached any of the Golden Knights before. Like there was no oh, wild. cross over, over, over the years. Nobody's rolled through Boston or anything uh, like that, which is, which is rare. Uh, I think we were, we were talking about a little bit during the uh, training camp in the preseason, but we never really got down into it. But, uh, but he did know actually the training staff, uh, Mike near the, uh, the uh, the trainer, uh, he actually played baseball with as a kid, like as a fourteen. Oh wow! Year old. Like they they knew each other as kids, as teenagers, and now we're together working on the same organization in the National Hockey League. How bizarre is that? He he was part of Critters, uh, Chris David Adams, the uh, uh, manager. His first ever job in hockey. He was part of the staff uh, that hired Critter. Uh, went down that uh, that side of it, so so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's wild. That's uh, that's a crazy connection and uh, uh, it, hockey. It's a small world, right? Yeah, amazing. Go ahead. All right, so we'll uh, we'll park the UNLV talk or the the VGK talk for right now and bring in associate head coach with the UNLV Skating Rebels, Nick Raboni. Uh, Nick. I, I wanted to get you on. I know you got a big weekend set coming up. We'll get there, but just uh, fill us in on on how the season's going right now for the Skating Rebels. Hey Ryan, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a good year so far. I mean, we um, you know we had some really tough games with the Division One games, the last Anchorage and Denver, uh, but I think that's uh, going to set us up for a strong push come March when we really want to get hot uh, at the ACHA D one level. We're currently ranked third and. We're on an eight-game win streak, sit at fifteen and two, and uh, have some big games with University of Oklahoma this weekend. But uh, it's been a great year so far. You know, we're ha- we're we're healthy. Uh, everybody's going right now, and we we're coming off a, a weekend sweep of the number four team. So, um, you know, I think that uh, for us, it's, it's just a, it's a good time to get hot. In terms of continuing to build within the program continuing to build uh your team like how how are you finding the ability to continue to progress to continue to get better and to continue to bring in more and more talent you know i think that the the biggest thing is you want to have continuity from year to year you don't want to have 20 new guys every single year so for us to be able to kind of to build off of what we've done the last two to three years. And now we have juniors, seniors, and fifth-year seniors that are leading this program that are accustomed to what we're trying to do as a, as a staff and what we're doing uh, on the ice, off the ice, and just as a culture as a whole. Um, it, it's really kind of paid dividends. And, and, and now when you move forward, this culture sticks around year after year, and you're maybe only bringing in four or five guys every year. And now those guys are getting used to what we're doing, and, and the juniors now become our captains, and the sophomores now become leaders. So I think that that took some time to build, uh, but we have a chip on our shoulder too. You know, at the same time, we've we've only been to the final four. We've we've never gotten to that championship game, and now we you you know we set ourselves up to be there. And I think that um, guys want to just finish the job this year, and that's that's kind of what our, our motto has been: is is you know finish the job. Where have you seen the growth in your team during the the recent run? 
I think the biggest thing is uh, maturity. Um, we have a lot of first-year captains and leaders um, in terms of actually guys wearing a letter, and, and their roles has changed throughout time, throughout the, their process with the program. Um, and so now, you know, I have guys that are pulling guys aside for more one-on-one conversations. They feel more comfortable doing that. Um, have guys leading the film sessions that, that maybe haven't done that in the, in the past. And I think that that kind of like, you know, when you, when you have those type of relationships and that communication gets comfortable is really when teams start to, to excel and get better. I mean, there's so much you can do off the ice in the weight room or systems-wise and things like that, but where teams really excel is, is when they want to battle for each other uh, on, you know, every single night. And I think that when you build that continuity and that camaraderie, um, that's when you really start to excel. And that's really what we're seeing at this point in the season. What's the identity of this team on the ice? We, uh, we have a saying, we play hard, but we defend harder. So, I mean, we're really bought in um, this year to, to being really good on the back check and tracking uh, our D zone coverage and the four check. So if we don't have the puck, we want the puck. And I think that's really helped us play fast and transition. It's allowed our defensemen to have great gaps in the neutral zone. And, you know, so we're, we're not trying to spend a lot of time playing defense because we're playing it so hard. And now I think that that's been a, a really big model for this team. So, um, you know, we don't allow a lot of goals and we've been, we've been fortunate to score quite a bit lately. Um, so that's, that's, that's a good problem to have. Or I wouldn't even call it a problem. That's a good trend to keep moving. What are the uh, challenges this weekend? I think that, uh, you know, coming off a big sweep of the, of the number four team in the country in our league, and now you're playing a uh, quote-unquote lesser opponent on paper, sometimes it's, uh, it's difficult to get up for games um, after coming off uh, such a big weekend for us. So I think that it's really sticking the course and understanding that there's got to be urgency in these games. It's just like there was urgency last weekend, and just like there's going to be urgency next weekend. Um, at the college hockey level, you know, you only play 30-something games. And every game is really, really important in our league because the top four teams get a bye in the national tournament. So we're hovering right there at three, and you know, one or two slip-ups can knock you out of that. So the, the urgency has to be there. Is it true that you, uh, true that you chirp me on Thursday nights? Uh, tell the world uh, and don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Darren, never. See, that's a lie. That's not right. <laughs> I, I'm okay, not, I, I, you, I, you know what? I'm not good enough to chirp anyone. <laughs> Neither am I, I still do it. Uh, so, Nick, when, when you look at kind of this weekend set, obviously the first home games of the semester, if, if people are interested, they want to come out, they want to support UNLV Skate and Rebels Hockey, how do they go about getting tickets? How do they do that? Yeah, rebelhockey.com. Um, we have plenty of tickets still available here for Friday and Saturday night. Um, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to get up and watch really, really fast-paced um, very skilled guys up close. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that love the Golden Knights and Silver Knights just like me, but I can't afford glass seats to those games. Um, so this is a great opportunity to get up close and personal. There's not a bad seat in the house at City National Arena. You know, tickets start at just $10. It's uh, $5 for uh, military as well on Saturday night for Military Appreciation Weekend, uh, Military Appreciation Night. So we're excited to host that as well. So big weekend for the program. City National Arena, great venue. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Good luck, buddy. Thanks, guys. Nick Ravoni from UNLV. A uh, big set this weekend coming off a huge sweep. Uh, top five in the nation at number three, and they are making things happen 
in the desert from uh, the ACHA level. Yeah, 100% love getting UNLV um, skating Rebels hockey just put on the program and talking to Nick Raboni. Uh, I, I love him even more knowing that he chirps you, knowing that he, uh, he, he beats you on Thursday nights. It's fantastic. Every, well, everybody beats me, everybody beats me, and everybody enjoys playing against me. I am uh, I am a make-the-world-better type person when it comes to building other people's uh, uh, confidence and uh, and having and enjoying the uh, the game. Uh, we're going to take a break. we got one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. i got a note on Darren Elliott and a uh, tie-in to Madison Square Garden that I'll tell you about as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Before we get too deep into what's going on in and around the league, I mentioned uh, walking uh, the ramp at Madison Square Garden where you go around and around up those uh, five floors. Uh, onto the arena level, and uh, one Darren Elliott was listening to the show this afternoon, as he is wont to do, in the Las Vegas Valley, the former Olympian and National Hockey League player, and uh, we were talking about MSG, and he told me his first win, his first National hmm. Hockey League win, was a 4-2 result at MSG. That is cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations, Darren Elliott. MSG like that that is and it's being redone so it's going to be around for our lifetime uh because it's uh it just went through the big renovation a little while ago so uh, there's a little factoid for you when it comes to Darren Elliott and your Vegas Golden Knights broadcast team and a contributor to the Vegas Golden Knights inside show uh Kale McCarr will return to the Avalanche against the Anaheim Ducks tonight uh that's big for the Colorado Avalanche, who acquired Ryan Merkley yesterday, uh, trying to get a little bit healthier, are the defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, Colorado's managed to crawl back into the top three in the in the Central Division. I think for this Avalanche team to get Kale McCarr back into the fold is huge. And you know, at some point, I, I, I would assume Gabe Landeskog will be available, will be an option for Colorado, so they've got to continue to kind of tread that water or make up some ground, and Kale McCarr goes a long way to doing that. Tristan Jari is back out. The Pittsburgh Bengals goaltender not available in tonight's game against the Washington Capitals. Uh, Jari not available until after the All-Star break. They're going to shut him down. Uh, that's uh, It's been sort of a, a thorn in the side of Tristan Jari. It actually goes back a couple of goaltenders with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins were just injury troubles, but he didn't practice uh, yesterday. Uh, was a late scratch Tuesday, and uh, he was hurt in the Winter Classic. Uh, if they can't get him going, it's going to be hard. But uh, Jari, they're going to take their time with him now and uh, and shut him down, which is probably a good thing. As Casey DeSmith steps in for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the score in, in that game tonight between the Penguins and the Washington Capitals is one-one in the second period. Yeah, it's um, one of the things where I think the Penguins have to make sure that Tristan Jari is as close to 100% or 100% coming out of the All-Star break, coming out of the bye week, because if they have a, a chance of making the playoffs, they're going to need to rely heavily on Tristan Jari, their number one goalie. Uh, you know who scored on Casey the Smith tonight? 
Alex Ovechkin. He did. Number 32. So he's over whatever ailed him in Vegas and is back on the ice and he's ready to go. Go to the All-Star game. Ovi and, and Sid have to play together, right? Yeah, I would imagine so. I'd like to see it. Uh, I was talking to Butch about the All-Star game today, uh, Bruce Cassidy, uh, about lines. Yeah, you, you have to hear him uh, discuss whether or not he's going to play Leon Drysaddle and Kay, and uh, and Connor McDavid together. Um, I won't ruin it for you, but uh, but uh, it's it was an interesting observation uh, commentary about uh, whether or not you play those two guys together or who you played together at an NHL All Star game. I load up Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle and I play them twenty minutes every game. Even the All Star game. Like yeah, twenty minutes. Game? Twenty. So twenty minutes every game. Yeah, twenty. Um, I wonder if they'd like to play with somebody else just for the fun of it. I mean, I feel like that would probably be a little bit more interesting for both Connor and Leon. But, you know, if you want to see goals, putting those two guys together almost guarantees that. We were discussing the NHL trade deadline on the horizon and how I think you'll start seeing some real swaps start to happen in a couple of weeks after we get through the bye weeks and the NHL All-Star break. Uh, one of those uh, players that is thought to be on the move uh, by the NHL trade deadline is uh, from Arizona and Jeff Chikrin. But silently in the background is Shane Gostisbehere, uh, the uh, blue liner. He's gone four to six weeks now uh, out of the Arizona lineup with an upper body injury that he suffered last night. Now, four to six weeks tells you that he'll be back and will be back right around the National Hockey League trade deadline. So I don't think that there's uh, any gamble for teams to be able to take uh, to trade for him. Uh, he may still be in, on the sidelines by the time that uh, that first week of March rolls around. But uh, but it is one of those uh, uh, reminders to general managers that they may have an asset that they can trade, but the longer you go, there is a chance that that asset could be sidelined. How much does an injury kind of tank value? Well, I think it depends on what the injury is, to be quite honest. If it's a knee and you're a puck-moving defenseman, I'd be a little bit hesitant of that. Uh, not that a knee isn't a major concern with, with any player. Uh, they're talking upper body injury with with Shane, so I would uh, hazard a guess that that will be something that uh, that will be pushed to the side and and wouldn't hold up much as far as uh, swapping goes. I I hope so because I think Shane Gosses Bear has done a good job of kind of getting his game back to where it can be, and I think he can certainly help teams. Um, and the value coming back to the Arizona Coyotes uh, would, would really help them in what they're trying to do longer term. Uh, Canuck News. Oh, did you hear Rick Tockett uh, talking about his team last night? I sure did. Pleased. Yeah, I wasn't very pleased. They won the first game, lost the second mm -hmm. game. And uh, and maybe seeing it up close just opens your eyes uh, a little bit. But uh, wasn't overly impressed with the performance that was put forward and the effort that was put forward. But on good news with the Vancouver Canucks, they inked Andre Kuzmenko to a two-year deal uh, worth $11 million today. So five and a half per year for the uh, the Russian. 
Uh, he scored 20 goals last year in the KHL. He was much uh, sought after uh, in the um, in the free agent markup uh, in the offseason. Uh, a lot of Pacific Division teams. It seemed like all the Pacific Division teams took yeah. a good run at him. Uh, but he signed with Vancouver because he was going to get a chance to play a little bit more. Really good player, a strong player. Uh, this is a, this is a, a good signing. I mean, Bo Horvat's all but gone now because of everything that's come to place. Uh, but this is another sign that uh, that maybe Bo uh, is truly uh, has one and a half feet out the door due mm-hmm. to the fact that they've uh, they've extended Andre Kuzmenko in the next year. Yeah, you you need value, and I think Kuzmenko and what he's you know what he's done this year. And what you know, you expect him to do for you the next couple of years is is going to be relatively close to a value contract. So, with all that being said, yeah, you're right. Bo Horvat's out. He's he's going to be traded. The the expectation is anyway. And and I I am real curious to see how far it goes for the Vancouver Canucks. How much different this team's going to look like in uh, about six weeks. I have never hung out with two people that are more into sweaters that mm-hmm. teams wear so yeah i usually default to you guys on what is a good jersey what is a bad i've got my own opinion but you guys are far more passionate about it than, than me washington and carolina have unveiled their uh stadium series sweaters uh, for the outdoor game that will be played in early february or mid-february in carolina what do you think trash yeah, the capitals the Capitals jerseys are pretty bad. Um, I like. Listen, I'm I'm all about the Weagle as a as a crest, but when the crest bleeds into the arms of the jersey, it just I like looks that part. Ridiculous. No, it's ridiculous. It looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. So it's a big big eagle on the front with the wings spread. Uh, yep. On, for the for the Capitals. What about Carolina? Uh, Carolinas, I don't mind as much because they they still look like a hockey sweater. The the Capitals jerseys don't look like a hockey sweater. Chapman, I think they both suck. <laughs> They're both pretty bad. <laughs> I thought there's more range, more of a chance, uh, less <laughs> traditional of a sweater in the Washington side of it. But but I, I give them credit for for giving something a go. I mean the yeah the the, no, the, the Capitals terrible. one is is pretty awful. Um, there, there's really no way to describe it. I mean, it, it looks like it it almost looks like something you would buy at like some discount online store that doesn't sell authentic jerseys. And the Hurricanes one, I uh, uh, oh, I mean the 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 fact that it's just I. It's just the, the the hurricane logo, and that's really it. I mean, it it doesn't really appeal to the eyes. I think the Carolina one is actually worse than the Washington one. No, but, it's but a hard, I, hard disagree. I would not run no. out to buy either one of them. And and you know we were talking about it, but why are the the Stadium Series jerseys always so awful? And yet the the, <laughs> the jerseys <laughs> for New Year's are always incredible. Like. Like I love that the, the the New Year's Day jerseys are always awesome, but the Stadium Series they they always seem to look like well like I, a jersey you would buy in a faraway are, place. I think the games are positioned very differently. One's a very uh-huh. traditional uh, uh, platform in the Winter Classic, and the Stadium Series is thought to be a next gen type of uh, of offering. 
Well, if that's next gen, count me out of the next generation of jerseys because I want nothing to do with that. You sound very old right now. <laughs> yeah, you kind of do. Hey, uh, listen, every I once like, in a while, I'll, I'll I could be the angry Washington old Capitals man. Capitals a pass for trying something different. Again, I like the Weagle logo. I like the negative space Capitol building in the Weagle logo. Like, that's cool. Uh, I'm going to give them credit for that. But just make it a logo that fits on the crest of the jersey instead of something that you know, bleeds into the rest of the, See, arms, I, I, the jersey. I think that's it, actually, it doesn't look good. It, it's actually not bad because you, you're, you're, you're doing the full wingspan there. Yeah. Okay. And have you noticed right. that it looks like there's like claws on, take, on take flight Chapman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it. it. It does look a little men's league ish, but I don't mind. Yeah. Hey, in the national hockey league, we had a men's league goal last night. Philip Heedle scored off a face off. By the net. <laughs> I, I talked to Aiden Hill and uh, uh, Logan Thompson today about that and uh, that very thing. Like it, it was wild to to watch that happen in a National Hockey League game, and uh, and he caught it here. So both goaltenders, I did a bit of advanced scouting with the goalies today. Give them a heads up. Eagle may shoot that puck off the drop. Those are your one timers news and notes from around the National Hockey League on this Thursday, January. From New York and Las Vegas, catching up with Chapman is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I got to give a shout out to uh, VGK equipment guy, Patty. He is, I'm, I'm telling you, this kid, he should write a book or do a blog about places around town to eat because every recommendation he gives me is spot on. He recommended the last time I saw him try this place called Kono's North Shore. It's up in Summerlin. So I gave it a shot today. I was up there. My mom lives in the neighborhood. So I, I stopped in for lunch. I had Kahlua pork tacos. Oh my God, it, it was delicious. Like it was one of the best things I've eaten for lunch in a long, long time. So Patty, Big shout out, big thumbs up, stick tap. Once again, delivering on an incredible place to eat lunch. And uh, when it gets back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him I appreciate it. Thanks, and uh, keep him coming because man, this guy knows places to eat around town. He he's good. Where does he uh, does he put this stuff up from, or is it just to you? No, no, he just tells me. I'm I'm saying he should do like a blog or something because. He's got he's got a really good uh, taste, good good taste in food. Like and, and like, these places aren't like super super expensive, so it, it appeals to people like me who don't make Johnny Blue checkmark money. Why don't you just do the blog of all the places that Patty has recommended to you? Well, because I don't want to steal his thunder. I'm okay stealing Darren's I thunder. You before I don't I I think he might be a little too busy, Chapman. Oh well, well. Whereas, whereas you, you've got nothing but time. And you've stolen my stuff. Before. Yeah, well, but you're not as cool as Patty. This is true. Yeah, maybe. But Patty, saying, Patty hits home runs, man. Swiping. He hits home swiping. runs. No swiping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's immediately what the, I the thought game of. Tomorrow, so no VGK Insider Show. Ryan and I are up next week. Uh, enjoy Christopher Chapman on the VGK Insider Show.